A major bank takes a dump, causing panic throughout the banking industry. Let's listen to some of the worst people in the country and what they have to say. And Maryland has a solution to their murder problem. This is Gene. You're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, I, I hope you had fun with uh, Friday's show because I thought I actually had a lot of fun with this. The next day, Saturday, I went out and uh, tested out some more of ChatGPT, and it's basically a left-winger. ChatGPT is a completely left-wing source. It is not. It is biased. It makes it makes Joe Biden, or let's go more extreme. It makes AOC look moderate. So I had a debate. I actually went out to debate this thing on what a woman is and how a man cannot be a woman. And I had all sorts of debates. I kept throwing things at it and it just refused to go into a, it go refused to admit that a man can't be a woman. I asked it, what's the definition of a woman? It gave me a definition, adult human female. And what does an adult human female have different from a adult human male? It gave me an answer. Then I asked it, okay, can a man be a woman? It said yes. I said, how can a man be a woman if uh, it doesn't have a uterus and it doesn't have... And then it went off on, then it went off on a, a jaunt of, well, he can turn himself into a woman by having surgery. And then I asked, well, does the surgery give the man fallopian tubes and a uterus? No, it doesn't give a man, it doesn't give a transgender man, a woman, I mean, uh, fallopian tubes and a uterus. So a man can't be, so a man can be a woman even though he doesn't have fallopian tubes and a uterus. And then it came out with the exact question, I, answer I thought it was going to come out. Yes, because a man can who says he's a woman can become a woman. So basically, it just it, it repeated the same thing over and over again. It was just a rounded argument. So then I asked ChatGPT, probably one of the biggest questions in the questions, I said, is there absolute truth? And ChatGPT said, this is a philosophical question. I really don't answer philosophical questions. And then I asked it, does ChatGPT believe in absolute truth? And it answered. It said, no, I believe truth is subjective. Okay, so right off the bat, you can see there's a big problem. I Philosophically, this computer system believes that there's no such thing as objective truth. That it is all subjective, and it is all, it is all um, up to the individual. So that kind of explains its answer. Now, the kicker with this is that if ChatGPT believes in subject, and by the way, this is philosophical. I mean, ChatGPT has some great uses. I've used ChatGPT for some things that I just didn't want to type out. I'm not talking creative because it's not very creative, but I'm talking about things like forms, definition of words, things like that. I, I do use G ChatGPT 
quite a bit. So, for example, I'll, I'll ask it, what is a synonym for dog to get more information? I'll use that while I'm, I'm writing. So I will actually have ChatGPT open while I'm writing so I can ask it synonyms and things like this. It, it, it is very valuable in that sense. But the philosophy, it goes against everything. I mean, this is left-wing left wing philosophy that this thing holds. Now, you might say to yourself, well, what difference does it make, right? That's not what you're using it for. The problem is that decisions that AI is going to make is going to come from a position of bias. That's a big deal because if it is biased in one particular direction, some of its tasks may lead chat GPT or AI to go in a certain direction on something, kind of like a human being. So, okay, it's just more fun. I just thought I'd bring it up. Okay, so let's get to the news. Okay, there was some big news this week. Uh, it happened on Friday. Um, well, first... First things first, let's get into what's really not important. Joe Biden. Joe Biden decided to take off to Delaware again. So that makes, in his presidency, 309 days that he's taken vacation away from the White House. He goes to Delaware. This is a vacation. This is a weekend off. He leaves Friday afternoon. They typically put a lid Friday morning. And then he goes off and no one sees him. No one sees or hears. He doesn't seem to really do anything. So when he takes off like this, he's actually on vacation. So good for him. By the way, can you do that at your job? Probably not. And I bet you're not the president of the United States. Now in big news, this is huge news. Silicon Valley Bank, the 16th largest bank in the country, shut down on Friday. This ba what basically ended up happening is they had a um, $20 billion bond portfolio. They raised interest rates. Those bonds lost their value. They had to sell those bonds, and they took a $1.75 billion loss. This happened on Wednesday. So this was already in the, in the works. People began to panic, and they started trying to pull their money out of the bank. They had requests of $42 billion to be pulled from the bank from the customers. And of course, the bank doesn't have $42 billion on hand. They just don't. So they ended up losing. They ended up closing. And basically what ended up happening is this was a company that decided, okay, they follow the environmental, social, and governance model. Okay, so these guys will invest, but they will invest, they will promise a high rate of interest for whatever they, for whatever they're, for the people that come in to invest with them. And then what ends up happening is they invest in risky businesses that apply to the ESG, in this case, mostly tech companies, it's Silicon Valley Bank, so it's in Silicon Valley. And then when they raised interest rates, it basically screwed everybody. So the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation, which is kind of a 
Orwellian name, uh, they, they sat back and they saw that their books were way off, that they couldn't help the customers, and they shut the bank down. Now, the good news is the bank was able, the bank uh, uh, board was able to take care of themselves. They actually made sure they all got paid before they shut the bank down. And they did this on Wednesday. And this whole thing probably would have been a lot quieter if it weren't for the fact people were panicking about it. And then they went to the bank. So what's going to end up happening? And by the way, this is the problem with ESG. Instead of, instead of betting on businesses that don't apply to this ESG crap and applying to businesses that are more stable, investing in businesses that are more stable, this company would only invest in businesses that fell through the ESG, that followed ESG, and those businesses were less, were less uh, stable. And this also shows another problem with ESG. ESG is more worried about stakeholders than shareholders. So they didn't really give a damn. Anyone who invested in this bank, they just lost their money. The actual shareholders that gave this bank money now just lost that money. Meanwhile, just so they can keep the stakeholders happy, that's the employees, that's the, that's the customers, that's the environmentalist groups, crap like this. So the shareholders basically got screwed. Now, what's going to end up happening, um, the FDIC said they will uh, insure cash up to a certain amount. If people have more than that, if they have secured uh, finances, like you keep the money in the bank, you're going to get most of that back. I'm sure you're not going to get it all. Uh, anybody who has insecured investments, all right, so you, you invested into the bank, but that wasn't guaranteed. Maybe you got a higher interest rate. What the bank is saying, you'll receive dividends. Okay, so and that's typically by the end of the week. Today, um, secured folks should be getting their money back out as much as they can. Who knows what that's going to be? The dividends, they don't talk too much about that, but I got a feeling people are going to lose money there. They might get 10 cents, maybe 50 cents to the dollar. And Janet Yellen says, there's no bailout here. They're, they're not going to bail this company out, which I think, honestly, is a good idea. I, I, I don't like bailouts of companies. I don't like when they bail out. Uh, you do bad business, you do bad business. I didn't like when they bailed out Ford and GM. I didn't like when they bailed out the other banks. I it just Listen, if you do crappy business, you do crappy business. Now, the there was an expectation that the stock market would absolutely blow up today because suddenly there's this insecurity with the banks. President Biden today, Janet Yellen this weekend, said the bank system is fine. It, this bank just, just went bad. I'm not comfortable with it, but I'm also not running to the bank and pulling all my money out because I do think it's going to be okay. The... Uh, <clears throat> The okay for now, all right. The stock market is actually up about 300 points as of right this moment, and it's 9:30 in the morning. And so a lot of the investors are thinking, are betting that this is not going to be as bad as it is. So maybe, maybe it's not. I will have to see. Okay, this next news story is interesting because it is living proof that reality always wins. 
that we've been talking about a lot about there's this big talk about the climate crisis and crap like that. A lot of people don't buy the climate crisis thing. It's a very, again, it's a minority of people. Now, there is, you know, climate change. There's no question. But is there a climate crisis? Yeah, no. So, Joe Biden announced on Monday that, or the Biden administration, excuse me, Joe Biden's probably still in Delaware right now. The Biden administration announced Monday that it was going to move forward with a massive, huge, 30-year oil drilling project in Alaska. And climate activists are flipping. Now, the project is called the Willow Project. The Biden administration, there were actually five sites that the oil companies wanted. And that was, um, they allowed drilling on three of those sites. The company that's going to be doing the drilling is ConocoPhillips. Um, they will be working in North Slope Borough, Alaska, and they are all absolutely thrilled in Alaska. This the the forecast is that they're going to have 180,000 barrels a day drilled. Um, this will create 2,500 construction jobs, which Alaska is dying for. Three of them, 300 of them, will be long-term jobs. Because obviously this is going to be a 30-year project. This is not going to end next week. And it will deliver about $17 billion in revenue to the federal government, Alaska itself, and the local communities. And most of those local communities are indigenous people. They're, they're the Eskimos and things like that. I don't know if you're allowed to say Eskimos, but I'm going to say it anyway. So it is a big deal. And by the way, the residents of Alaska, including the, the indigenous people, they've been begging for this. Please, please, please. Now, the climate activists, of course, they're pissed off and they're going to make a big stink out of this whole thing. They're calling this thing a carbon bomb, which is just asinine, whatever. It's just, just drilling 180,000 barrels of oil a day. That's a lot, but that's not a lot. That's not that much. The other problem with this that Joe Biden is facing is we're running out of oil. So you remember in December, maybe you don't, but in December, he released um, another $25 million, a million barrels of oil from the, from the strategic reserve. Well, the strategic reserve is way too low now. There's really nothing they can do. They're going to have to drill. Or they're going to have to get oil from someplace. So the Biden administration ran up against reality. They realized, listen, I can't keep pulling. Because Joe Biden was using the strategic reserve to control oil prices. Control gas prices. Now, I don't know what gas prices are throughout the country. I know they've gone up. In California, gas prices are up 70 cents in the, since, uh, since January. So in the last two months, they have gone straight up. And that 25 million barrels of oil... It's going away. So he finally ran up against reality. He had to do what he had to do. And there was, and, and all those climate activists can bitch and moan. But I got news for you. If gas gets to five, between 5 and $6 a gallon again, right before the election, it'll be an absolute nightmare for the Democrats. And I still think it's going to be a nightmare for the Democrats. Because don't forget... They have to actually 
build this first. They can't just, they're not pulling oil out of the ground right now. So it's going to take a little bit. And we're looking at another um, oil shortage. All right. And in other news, Joe Biden had some good news, <coughs> sort of. Um, he had a decent jobs report in February. Uh, jobs, there were 311,000 jobs. They say created, but you know what I think of that. Um, okay, that's good. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Um, it wasn't that great a report. Yes, 311,000 jobs were filled. But the unemployment rate, again, went up to 3.6%. So what does that mean? Well, 311,000 jobs were created, but 300 and 315 million lost their jobs. So you, you, it's important when you look at the job report, you look at, okay, where did unemployment go? So that's not great. The other thing that happened is that wages went down. That's a really big deal. So wages were at 5.6% or something like that. Now they're back, they're under five, they're at four something. Unfortunately, inflation is at 7.6%. A lot of people think we're already in a recession. A lot of people think we're already in a recession. And uh, of course, people smarter than me. So it was not a great jobs report. People are getting jobs as their money begins to run out because money from the pandemic is now beginning to run out. And there are still 10 million open jobs out there. So not all these jobs are being filled. So we've got still kind of a mess when it comes to the economy. All right. So let's take a look at some Kamala Kamalaisms. <laughs> All right, so the big problem the Biden administration has when Biden goes on vacation, as he does every weekend now, is that other people have to speak. I mean, the government doesn't just stop because Joe Biden needs 16 hours of sleep on the weekends. So the problem the Biden administration has is nobody speaks real well. I, you've got Kamala Harris, you got Karen Jean-Pierre, You've got Mayorkas, you've got all these people that their policies suck and they don't know how to get out of a question. Well, here's Karen Jean-Pierre talking about the policies the Biden administration has to control the border or to make it clear um, what policies they have altogether. I mean, what policies do you have on the border? And she had a really tough time with this one. What we are going to promise is that we're going to do this. We're going to move forward with a with a uh, with this kind of system, this immigration system that has been gutted, really, truly gutted by the last administration. We're going to move forward and do it in a humane way. We're going to do it in a safe way, uh, and we're going to do it in the way that moves us forward. And so, what we have been seeing, what we've been dealing with, again, is trying to fix the damage that the last administration do did. What we have done is we've ex we've opened the path uh, to uh, we've opened the path to, to make sure that people have a way to um, to get you know to come through and do it in a legal pathway. 
Jesus. Blah, 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 Trump's fault. Blah, 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 Trump's fault. It took her 40 seconds to tell us we have no policies and it's Trump's fault. And we're, we want to allow them all in. I mean, that's, that's essentially what she said. And she doesn't even know how to answer it. And again, you can tell with Karen Jean-Pierre, when she starts stuttering, when she starts giving these long-winded answers, she doesn't know how to answer the question. And she has no idea how to answer questions. More from her later. She, she said something a little bit more insidious on Friday. Of course, the star of the Kamala-isms is Kamala Harris herself. Here she is at some sort of climate conference, because that's all she does is climate conferences or women's conferences or whatever. Um, she's talking about something called climate mental health, and I put that in quotes. This is pretty awesome. And I think I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychologist, but I'm pretty sure I have an answer on how to solve climate mental health. Let's listen. I mean, one of the young leaders was talking to me about climate mental health. I said, tell me what's going on with your peers. Climate mental health. And she talked, I said, I think I understand that, but unpack it for me. And she talked about how her peers are thinking about it. One example is, you know, whether when they're ready, could they start a family? Worried about what that would mean. And the stress of it. They were talking about it in terms of their peers trying to figure out, you know, they're going to have to get a job and they're going to have to make a living, but what can they do and how can they adapt the education that they're having now to their activism? Now, people on the internet said, if you look at her, she looks like she's drunk. I don't see that. I don't. I just think she's stupid. Okay, so a couple of things. Uh, first off, never, never use the term unpack. I am so tired of that term. It's such an old term. It's such a stupid term. It doesn't mean anything. And the other prop, the other thing here is, okay, so climate is causing ment a mental, a climate mental health crisis. Everything's got to be a crisis. Okay. Do you know how you can actually stop people from panicking about this imagined climate crisis? Okay. Stop talking about it. Stop telling kids that we're all going to die next year if we don't fit don't you know ruin the capitalist our capitalist economy if you stop talking about it i would bet my left arm people would stop panicking about it and by the way speaking of all that crap greta thunberg back in 2018 posted a tweet saying that we were going to all die by 2023 because of the climate disaster yeah she deleted the tweet uh, this was found by the post millennial. I, I some I, I like the post millennial, but I mean, why are you? <laughs> these guys continual continually are looking at old tweets from people. That's not a thing I would do, but I mean, that's what they did. All right, let's get to our first story and probably our only story because uh, we're running late already. Um, this is probably going to end up being a new segment, just typically a lot shorter. Because it's, people say the most terrible, terrible freaking things. And today we're going to be looking at our elites 
on what they said. But most of the time, the most terrible things are not said by elites. Like, you're going to hear a couple tomorrow that are just horrid things to say. So let's get our first one. Here's Karen Jean-Pierre basically lying again. This time, we don't have to assume she's just saying something stupid, though she is. We can be pretty sure she's just flat out lying. On Friday, she was talking about Michael Knowles, what Michael Knowles said at the CPAC about eradicating gender ideology. Now, last week, we did play that that clip. He never said we should eradicate people. He was talking about the ideology. And we talked about, which. so we talked about it last week. You heard it last week. That being said, she is still misrepresenting what he said a week after he said it. And it was pretty much confirmed that he didn't say eradicate transgender people, eradicate the ideology. So let's listen to this. Just she's such a terrible person. Past couple of weeks, so I just want to take a step back a moment uh, and uh, really call out the shameful, hateful, and dangerous attacks that we have been seeing uh, on the LGBTQI community, uh, as we've seen this week, as I said, and also last week. Look, it started with a speaker at a conservative conference calling for the eradication of transgender people, language that not a single national Republican leader has condemned. Well, there's a reason why not a single national Republican or conservative leader has condemned it. It's because that's not what he said. And what he said was the gender ideology needs to be removed. It needs to be gone. And the reason the gender ideology needs to be removed, it needs to be gone, is because it's targeting children. And this is the whole problem with this whole gender ideology. She's just flat out lying. And people are pointing this out. I mean, it's not even, it's not even that controversial that she lies like this. But I'll tell you, I'm, I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I, I am glad the Biden administration is taking this stand where they are lying constantly. They're lying, um, publicly where everyone can see it. And they're taking stances on letting drag queens dance in front of children. And they want to teach children how to be gay or how to be a different sex than they are. I I like that. I like that they're standing on the economy, that they say the economy is great. I like that they're actually saying energy prices are fine. I like that they say that border security is, is, the border is secure. I like that they're ignoring the drug crisis. Not because... I like that they ignore crime, drug use, and homelessness. Not because I like all of these things, but because this is what they stand for, and they've always stood for this. And now we're really seeing it, and we are seeing, just in two and a half years, the effects of these stupid policies. That's what I like about it. We know what these people are really like. And the people that support their policies are a slim, small minority. 2024 could not come fast enough. The good news is that in 20, by 2024, you watch Joe Biden 
will make a lot of changes. He will no longer support um, defunding the police. I mean, he's already saying Republicans were the ones defunding the police. He will not support this gender ideology. He will not support CRT because people are already pushing back on this stuff. I said two years ago, people are going to push back against this stuff. Well, guess what? People are pushing back right now. Okay, this next video, and this is a truly terrible human being, is Jane Fonda. She's on The View talking about abortion. She says the quiet part out loud, which flipped out the dumbasses on The View. Let's listen to what she said. We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when and how many children to have. We know what that feels like. We know what that's done for our lives. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. Yeah. I think the women will rise up. That's the activist. That's Jane speaking. Yeah. And, 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 and she probably will get a Nobel Prize. But it's the truth. Very, very soon. It, it is the truth. But we're I, not going to do it. Besides, besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous... <laughs> what did you say? Murder. <laughs> She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just now, kidding. Don't say that. That's oh, not... you don't know. They'll pick up on that and yeah, just run with it. Yeah, that's the worst. She's Joking. just kidding. It's... Well, let me talk to you about... <laughs> Let's move on and talk about Jane's activism, which is yeah. legendary. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here. She wasn't kidding. Now, let's forget about the abortion debate, because... The abortion, her, her arguments are the same as everybody else's. They're stupid. They're easily countered. There, there's, there's nothing to talk about with abortion here. What she said about murder, she meant it. You could see it in the video that she wasn't kidding. The look on her face. She wasn't kidding. Remember, this evil bitch once supported the North Vietnam's communists killing of American soldiers during the Vietnam War. This woman supported domestic terrorism that was responsible for killing police officers during the 1960s. She supported the weather underground. She wasn't kidding. And neither does the left when it comes to bringing down American values. Do you think the left would have cried if uh, that crazy kid had killed Brett Kavanaugh over his abortion, abortion decision? Do you think any leftist would cry or say, oh, that's so terrible, if Donald Trump was assassinated. what? And then you take a look at leftist organizations like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They seem to really support political violence. They don't condemn it. Finally, and our, our last, yeah, we're not going to get to the last story. I'll do that tomorrow morning. Uh, finally, another man that should be a shame. Oh, it's not finally. I actually have two more. Another man that should be ashamed of himself, but never will be because he's making too much money on it and he likes the attention is Colin Kaepernick. Listen to how he talks about his parents, his adoptive parents. And then let's talk about this guy's blessed life who's spreading a message of empowerment in his new graphic novel change the game written with author and university of chicago professor eve l ewing i love how you depict yourself in this book not as some big shot hero but as a shy insecure high schooler like we all were 
I mean, I'm speaking for you, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Growing up, I was a, I think still am a pretty introverted person. I hope it's true to form, mm -hmm. and that's just kind of how I navigate the world. It's his true high school coming-of-age story, his journey embracing his blackness, despite resistance from many, including his white adoptive parents. I know my parents loved me, but there were still very problematic things that I went through. I think it was important to show that, no, this can happen in your own home, and how we move forward collectively while addressing the racism that is being perpetuated. He took cues from his icon, basketball star Allen Iverson, who he said wore his blackness like a suit of armor. And teenage Kaepernick wanted cornrows to match. He's getting what roles, his mom asked? Oh, your hair's not professional. Oh, you look like a little thug. Your mom become. said that to you. Yeah. And those become spaces where it's like, okay, how do I navigate this situation now? But... It also is informed why I have my hair long today. The grown-up version of Eve wanted to go back in time and give young Colin mm -hmm. a lot of hugs. And I was really moved and saddened by the level of kind of self-awareness that he had to develop at a very young age without a lot of guidance. The former NFL quarterback who once led the 49ers to the Super Bowl touchdown, Colin Kaepernick was known in high school for his baseball. The pitcher even had major league interest, but he bucked public pressure and followed his heart to the gridiron. There were a lot more black people in football that I was like, I found some community here. Do you still want to play football professionally? <laughs> Absolutely. I woke up this morning before our events, trained five, six days a week. I'm still up at 4.30. I go get my training in. That passion is still there, and the ability is still there. This man is, I'm going to cuss, turn down the radio, whatever you're listening to. The kids are in the, this man is a shameless piece of shit and a narcissist. What a terrible human being to say that. Okay, so let's talk about his family. His father was black and disappeared before he was born. His mother was white, didn't abort him, and put him up for adoption. So I, I, I'm amazed at every time you hear, oh, I'm black. No, you're half black. It's what Barack Obama did. Barack Obama was raised by his white grandparents. His black dad disappeared. His adoptive parents had four children. Two died of heart defects. So they decided to adopt him. He was raised in an upper middle class home. He was put in good schools. He played baseball and football. These are not cheap sports. And if you're, you're a parent, you know it's a major commitment to do this stuff. He got to the NFL. He had one, he had half a good season. Outside of that, he had a pretty crappy career. Yes, he got to the Super Bowl, but his next three years were terrible. I He was on my fantasy team. I know what, what he did in his football career. He was benched because he sucked ass. And then he started kneeling for racism or whatever. He got released and no one else wanted him. So he screamed racism more. The NFL, they said they'd try him out. Two years after he got kicked out of the NFL, he didn't show up. As a matter of fact, he, one of the guys he was supposed to throw to, 
got signed in the NFL because he seemed to have some good moves. And by the way, that guy was black. So it wasn't like as a white guy they signed. He's still worth close to $50 million. Now they say he's worth about $14 million. I don't know how that guy's worth $14 million. He got a salary from the NFL. I think it was $20 million. He signed a contract with Nike. I heard it was $35 million. He signed a deal with Netflix. That's going to be at least five to $10 million. Now he's, got, he's signed a book deal. I don't know where the internet gets he's probably worth $14 million. Sounds like he's close, worth closer to $100 million. Then he comes in, he trashes America, and now he trashes his parents. I only have two words for this low-life piece of crap. Crap. F him. And F anybody who makes this guy into a hero. He is a terrible human being. This is a bad person. This is a bad person. And I got news to you. And I have the Bible on my side. Exodus specifically. This man's going to hell. How dare he? The greatest, the greatest form of charity is to adopt somebody. To raise them as your own. And there are tons of video out there of his mother sitting with him. And you know something? I did not have the greatest parents. I would never, even my mother, who is a terrible human being, I would never trash her like this. I would never, I could tell you some things she did for me that even though I just don't think she's a good person, she did raise me and she did take care of me. And she did, I did learn things from her. This isn't a god-awful human being. Why? Because he couldn't wear cornrows. Here's a newsflash. I'll, I'll give you a newsflash. And yeah, believe it or not, I got one more terrible person coming up. So it, it's this is running long. Um, I, I couldn't grow my hair long. I couldn't grow my hair long. My mom used to take me to, to get my hair cut once every two weeks, whether I liked it or not. And yes, cornrows make you look like a thug. And Alan, Alan Iverson, who right now is broke because... Guess what? He's a thug. Allen Iverson does look like a thug. Now, when these idiots sit there and say, Mom said, oh, you need to look professional. I, I, I got some bad news for you. That's what a parent's supposed to do, is make sure you understand. Because kids, kids today, I mean, you'd get tattoos, you get piercings everywhere. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. In a real world, People care. Just, I, I, I can't tell you how angry I get when I hear people just go after their parents like that, especially Colin Kaepernick's parents. If I were his parent right now, I would be so hurt. So hurt. I wouldn't leave him. I wouldn't say... I just tell him, you know, what you said, it was just so wrong, what you just said. So wrong. Also, you can sell a book, you piece of crap. Okay, and our last, um, our last uh, terrible person story 
is going to be from Gina Raimondo. She's Biden's, Joe Biden's Commerce Secretary. And uh, I, we know now what the Biden administration is going to do when it comes to China. And this is just, I, I think this was a flub. I think they really made a mistake by letting her speak. So let's listen to her. The United, I want to be also clear, though. The United States does not seek to decouple from China, uh, nor does it seek a technological decoupling from China. What we seek to do is ensure that certain technologies, where the United States is ahead and where China's explicit strategy is to have these technologies uh, and deploy them in the Chinese military apparatus, those are technologies that we have uh, used export controls to ban the sale of to China. So we enjoy tr trade with China. The vast majority of trade with China uh, is in benign products, and that will and should continue. So this isn't about decoupling. So basically, yeah, we're not changing our policies with China, even though they are... Um, currently a police state, even though they're starved their people during COVID, even though they released COVID, um, they have a social credit a score to prevent citizen movement. They lie. They steal our technology, which I thought was interesting. She sat there and said, we should trade technology except for defense. Well, they've been stealing that technology. They don't, we don't need to trade. They don't need us to trade it. They're just going to take it. They use their military to take over other countries, specifically Hong Kong, and now they're threatening Taiwan. They banned religion. They censor the media. They have concentration camps. They're committing genocide against the Uyghurs among, among the basic groups. I mean, they're committing genocide all over the place. Oh, yeah. And they're, leading, they're the leading polluter in the world. And one of the things she did say earlier is that, oh, well, China should, she did say this later, China is an example of how we can protect the government, uh, protect the, well, that's what she means, but how we can protect the environment. She actually said that. So the Biden administration has no intentions to get rid of China or deal with China. And I think one of the things, and by the way, that shows two things. One, Joe Biden is a globalist because you know who else loves China? Klaus Schwab. He loves their monitoring system. He loves their uh, social credit scores. He loves this stuff. Now, don't forget, Xi Jinping was the key speaker at the World Economic Forum last year. He was honored and complimented by Klaus Schwab. And Joe Biden wants to follow the policies of the World Economic Forum. The problem with the World Economic Forum is they're having real issues with what's happening in Europe, with the European Union. We are already seeing it doesn't work. And that's why that big, that great reset thing is beginning to kind of fall on its ass. The other thing is this really does kind of show that Joe Biden is compromised. 
Now, don't forget, Hunter Biden, and we don't know yet. Why? Well, I mean, we know. I mean, who's kidding who? It's not even a conspiracy theory anymore. Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, was taking money from China and Ukraine. And who are the biggest beneficiaries in the world right now? Well, we've dropped almost $100 billion on Ukraine during this war with Russia, which, by the way, is looking more and more like Chinese-influenced war on Russia. And Joe Biden won't do anything with China. He will not. Congress is investigating China right now. And Joe Biden is like, hey, whatever. I mean, this is some disturbing stuff here. And I think the Congress needs to go a little harder and figure out what's going on with Hunter Biden's laptop. I would have thought this would have been something they've already done. They haven't. Okay, so we'll get to, to the great idea that Baltimore had, or Maryland had, about curing the murder rate tomorrow. Uh, it's it's a crack up. I, I, and then we'll talk about some... Uh, religious persecution up in Canada. So, guys, take care. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I hope you had a great weekend, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene. God bless America, by the way. I need to come up with some, some snappy little line. Take care of you all. Take care all. Love you. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.